Hello, frequent flyers, and welcome to Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. I'm your host, David Walsh, and I talk to some of Australia's top points collectors. We dive into their backgrounds, stories, redemptions, and of course, their best hacks. Point Hacks founder Keith Mason is back again, and today we're talking about travel with family. We'll be diving into how Keith travels with his family on points, how that can change your priorities when booking a redemption seat, as well as tips and hacks to look out for yourself. We have uh, the man, the myth, the legend in the house again, <laughs> Keith Mason, uh, as some call the godfather of points. You, you hate that title thing. I think I heard someone it's, call you. I don't call myself that. I, I heard That's, a few other people, people call you that me. at a couple of conferences. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't go there. Um, everything that I've learned is generally from other people. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of the great thing about the whole kind of world of points and the points community that's out there, even from a global perspective, is that so many people love sharing all of this information. Yeah. Um, and in my view, it's all essentially common knowledge and we're all just learning off each other. I mean, say um, it, it's great that there's such a, a good community. And um, look, it's great that we you know people like yourself sort of create these mouthpieces to really get that information, still it, learn from it and yeah, share it. Exactly. Um, so we're, we're here today to talk about um, traveling with family. Yeah. Something that I personally can't relate to um, mm-hmm. being, you know, sing- well, single man, uh, ma- man in man in relationship, but but no kids, no kids. Um, how many? You've got two. I have two, two young, daughters. Two daughters. Two daughters. They are nine and six. Nine and so six. my first daughter was born in 2010. Yep. And uh, second in 2013. I actually had to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so traveling with four people, I, I know. Uh, I know that must be an, an absolute nightmare. Yeah, it's it has its um it has its joys and um less so in many different ways. And the, if, if anything, my whole journey and world of points has always been with family. Um, I started Point Hacks in 2011, so uh, that's after um our first daughter was born, and she was one of the reasons. So Zoe was one of the first reasons that we actually that I started looking into points. Mm. So it's actually been family. Um, has been one of the you know, kind of kind of the genesis of actually uh, wanting to get into points for me. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, what was what was the the youngest that one of your daughters had a seat to themselves in business class? Three months. Three months. Had <laughs> seat to themselves. Three months. Yeah. So, because um, I'm originally from the UK, uh, I, you know, once our first daughter was born, I wanted to ensure that um, we were visiting family and, and seeing, um, you know, people close to us. Um, I moved to Australia in 2008 and it was, yeah, super important to me to try and figure out a way to travel with kids. I'm also really tall. Yeah. Um, so, or well, not really tall. Well, I was about tall. to say, you're, you're tall, yeah. but you're not. Like 185 centimeters. Obviously, you know, this isn't on video, so you can't see. Um, <laughs> but I have particularly long thighs. So, that that really hurts when it comes <laughs> to economy <laughs> seats. Long thigh, man. Yeah. Oh, that, that would do because you know, that knee going into the exactly. back. Exactly. The knee's yeah. going into the back of the seat. Yeah. Uh, always a killer. Um, so, yeah, the the I can handle that. Like, you know, that's fine. I, I did that trip um, to and from the UK many times um, in economy uh, to visit family. And, um, you know, it is what it is. You kind of get through it. Um, but at the same time, the idea of doing that with an infant in tow mm. um, and this whole world of trying to, uh, you know, travel with an infant, um, I just figured there had to be a better way of doing it. And that's really where points came in. And that's where then using points for family travel um, it really became really important for us because it also enabled us to travel um, in ways that were a little bit more comfortable um, and also um, at less cost. Yeah. Yeah. 
what was your least favorite trip with your with your with your kids as far as like that first trip three months old all travel um, with kids is hard yeah like, i think um there's a lot of information and a lot of i guess a lot of encouragement for families to um you know keep traveling after you've had children and it's actually really difficult like it's not um it's not that our kids are particularly difficult or you know but there's just there's i'd say there's many more moments where it's hard work than um than where it's moments of uh absolute joy yeah um but you you remember the good stuff um so it's still worth doing it's just that uh, I think, yeah, like like many things in the world, you know, it's, it's attempting to kind of glamorize oh, um, absolutely. certain experiences, but actually it's, you know, trials and tribulations. But the, the yeah, that's and that's where I guess the, the whole kind of traveling in uh, premium economy or, you know, if you can above um, okay. becomes so much more um, valuable when you're traveling as a family because that extra bit of space just goes so far oh. and everyone keeping their sanity. Absolutely. Um, I remember um, and... You know, this this is not a recommendation from the from this podcast in the slightest. Uh, but when when I was young, uh, my my parents dabbled in a, a bit of Fenergan to help on it. Uh, yeah, simi- yeah, similarly, yeah. Uh, fam- families originally from the UK. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but the funny thing about about um, using something like that is that uh, for every one in ten children, it has the opposite effect. So mm. you know, um, the smart thing to do is to to if. If you're going to do it again, don't recommend it. Uh, is to, to test it out before you fly, uh, and, uh, and my parents rolled the dice on me. And uh, oh, I've, I've always thought I was special, but I was one of those one in ten. Oh, <laughs> that went absolutely mental okay. on the plane. So uh, they uh, they gambled there and they lost. They so. lost. Oh dear. Well, I'm sure <laughs> you have a story to tell around family Christmases. Then. <laughs> uh, I no, we didn't resort to anything along those lines. Uh, maybe because we were able to travel in premium economy at least. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that have that, you ever had to, have ever had to do a long haul flight with the kids in economy? In economy, uh, long haul, no. They've been particularly fortunate. They do know how good they've got it, but at the same time, they kind of I don't, don't think, think they I do. I don't think they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the, fir- the first trip I did with, uh, with our daughter when she was um, three months old, we were actually booked to go um, to Japan. Mm. Um, this was actually a full round-the-world trip. So, I booked a, a trip that went from Japan to the U.S., uh, visit family there uh then on to europe visit more family um and then back home through back home to sydney through singapore was this a um a, a one world around the world no no it was a mixture of cobbled together cash and points redemptions mm. um so it's a whole yeah kind of mishmash of you know how much point how many points do i have with Qantas? uh where can we afford to um to buy a you know a well-priced fare uh where might we just buy a, an economy fare try and make it all work um, but the somewhat unique thing about that trip was that we had to re- reorganize everything in a flash because we the the Fukushima earthquake, I guess, um, uh, and all that kind of stuff that happened in Japan around that time mm. um, with the tsunami, uh, that rolled on through around 10 days before we were due to travel. Um, so we had lots of concerns about um, going to Tokyo, whether uh, unfounded or not, I don't know, but we we just kind of went, like, let's nix that part of the trip. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we were able to claim on travel insurance. So... I guess it's like tip number one, make sure you have travel insurance, not rocket science, (laughs) but um, that was such a relief that we could actually just kind of at least go off on the trip knowing that, um, you know, that we could, we could handle that. And we used, um, I believe I had a points redemption book for that part of the 
Japan trip and the travel insurance that I had uh, covered points bookings, mm. um, which I think is a you know something you should really pay attention in the fine print of any travel insurance you're looking at, mm. whether that's from a credit card or being bought off the shelf. Some my understanding is that some don't cover points bookings, so it's definitely worth making sure that they they do. In in our case, uh, we'd insured not with a credit card, just with a you know off the shelf uh, policy. Um, and they paid out the cost of that premium economy trip in cash, even though I booked it using points. Oh. Um, so I think we were, I don't know, too close to, to the refund time. Like we'd missed the refund window or something like that for that mm. particular points redemption. So we could then use that cash to book. Um, we were going from Japan to the US and then we could book a direct flight to the US instead. Um, and that went well. That was our daughter's first flight and that was in premium economy. Um, and yeah, yeah. Happy memories of that one. That was great. Premium Coin was actually really good with flying with little kids. Um, Any reason in particular? Um, it, you're still close to each other. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Actually, that's that's very true. When you're in, uh, especially these modern day business classes, oh. it's like a like separate rooms almost. People, are, I mean, you you know, you got lots of aspirational stuff around trying to book first or business class travel. Mm. Um, you know, as an individual or couple uh, traveling. Yeah, totally understand that. But as a, I'm not saying that. Um, business class for kids is terrible or anything is far from it but certainly there are there are aspects to it where you kind of go actually i might be better off um you know a little bit further back in the plane here mm -hmm. um you know maybe not for sleeping but at least maybe during longer day flights or things like that yeah uh premium economy where you have a child right next to you and you can deal with their needs um far far more easily than if they're across the aisle or mm. um you know without of arm's reach um especially if they're a crazy toddler then <laughs> um then yeah like uh, you know it's definitely worth uh um, you know, kind of considering, you know, not writing off, I guess, economy or premium economy, especially. Yeah. Um, so that was in premium. I went over to LA and this was then uh, direct, uh, I think we almost went straight on to New York. Mm -hmm. um, then flew across the Atlantic, I think on a points redemption um, with British Airways. That was one of the worst flights I've ever had, actually, not to put down BA. Well, it's, so that was, um, what happened? Um, it was a, that one was a mixture of BA and the timing of the flight and traveling with a child. So, uh, the trifecta. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, that was like a, uh, poor, no, 6.30 or 7 a.m. Uh, departure out of JFK to London. Um, so, you know, to do that, you have to be up uh, and in, in the car to get to the airport, you know, like 5 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, you know? so you're not off to a great start. You're not off to a great start. But at the same time, you're thinking, this, maybe this will help with dealing with jet lag because we're not taking a red eye. Um, and it's, you know, particularly short flight across the um, Atlantic to get to London from New York um, compared to some others. Um, and we just thought, yeah, let's take the day flight. Also, I think it was what was available from a points perspective. So it was kind of like, it seemed like the right idea at the time. Mm. Um, and we're traveling with you know, about four months old by this time. Uh, and yeah, none of us handled that particularly well from a tiredness <laughs> perspective. Like we were all sleeping at the wrong times. Um, there was a particular problem with uh, BA and child bassinets. I don't mm. know if that was a thing that they had back then in business class. And we we're talking 2011 here. But uh, there was no cot. They only had like an upright seat that they could strap to a table. Oh. It was very strange. That's it was like really a bouncer odd. seat. Yeah. For, and like, I'm kind of trying to put Zara in this, in this bouncer and... She's just not going to sleep here. This isn't going to work. <laughs> and this was in business. This was in uh, Club, VA's Club World, which you know, essentially they still, it's the same product that exists now. Yeah. Um, and we're traveling as two adults with an infant. So there's no extra seat at this point, mm. um, which in business is, you know, no problem with a small baby 
but this in this context it didn't work well um and then the, the service and staff weren't great on that flight so they weren't they weren't helping the situation let's put it that way and by the time we got to London, we were totally wrecked. So that was one of our one of our worst experiences. I, I, I can feel the emotions bubbling back. I had actually again. forgotten about that flight until we started this conversation. So thanks, <laughs> thanks for making me relive thanks that one. Thanks for making me relive it, David. <laughs> ten out of ten. Yeah, exactly. And then from then on, you know, we kind of uh, continued on. We had a, a, a domestic um, flight, well, not domestic, but intra-Europe flight uh, to France, and then. Um, we flew out on Qantas's old route from Frankfurt to Singapore, which they no longer fly. That mm. was a points redemption in business. Upper class, uh, upper class, upper deck of the 747. Well, up, upper deck and upper class. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, really, that was a great flight. Really, really amazing service from Qantas. Yeah. Um, we had the, uh, you know, two, we had the whole front of the, the kind of um, the upper deck row. And um, yeah, that was just awesome. Um, so that was Singapore, spent a few nights in Singapore and then came home with uh, Qantas and Prima Economy again. Yeah. So it was a nice, um, yeah, it was a nice kind of first round the world trip. So I'd say uh, it was a nice little jaunt. How, how long did that take you all up? Uh, that was three to four weeks of travel, I think, all in, in all. I yep. think I managed to score that off work at the time. And oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Came, came out pretty well. Um, and I, all up, I've done three big trips like that with our kids. Uh, and say, so, and our youngest is now six. Mm. Um, so we, we haven't done any for a little while, but yeah, we we managed to squeeze in a few. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Now, um, so did did uh, these bookings become markedly harder when you, your second child came along? No. Um, so the second one we did in 2013, 2014, um, that was over that kind of. I think I think it was literally over Christmas and New Year. So either side of that period, that was that was pretty straightforward to book as well. Mm. Um, that that one was wasn't all points, all business um, option, and I cobbled together an itinerary that was a mixture of um, mixture of Qantas points uh, and enriched miles. Um, and Asia miles, I believe. Um, so it was at the time when Malaysia Airlines and Rich was a particularly valuable uh, program offering some uh, great redemptions from Europe or to and from Europe and Australia, really good value, both in terms of points and, and taxes. Um, and we flew, flew out of Paris back to Sydney on Malaysia's A380 in business, which was quite nice, um, uh, to, right, and to the UK via Hong Kong with Cathay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good experience again. Yeah. Um, but that one was t- with two kids, so that was you know a bit more interesting. That that was uh, that trip contained one of our best family travel experiences from an in-flight point of view, where we managed to score uh, the front four seats in Cathay's business uh, class cabin for us all, even nice. though we were traveling with an infant, so we'd only booked three. Yeah. Um, there was enough space where the first uh, one of the front row seats was also free, which meant which and given that Cathay's configuration is um, essentially four seats across the whole plane. We had the f- whole, essentially, the whole width of the plane to ourselves, which is <laughs> quite neat. Yeah. Um, and oh, and to the other reason that was a great flight was because our youngest three, uh, three-month-old slept. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, she just slept like a like a baby, like uh, a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was it was pretty good. Yeah. So and it's it's interesting hearing myself recount these kind of stories because it's uh, you know it's quite different to to traveling as an individual as a couple because you're not really caring so much about the food or the wine yeah. or the you know, yeah. or the lounge, or the, you know, lounges are good and useful, but really it's all about what's the most logistically convenient and simple option. Mm. Um, you definitely, I definitely try and optimize around simplicity rather than experience. I get that. So for, from your perspective, if you know, you're flying, flying business with, uh, with kids, I mean, m- m- this might not be the case now that they're a bit older, but when they were, when they were younger, what were you like, what, what was the, uh, 
an ideal setup for the business? Was it was it having you know a, a bunch of seats together, having that row? Yeah. Is it uh, many you know, people staff more attentive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many people. Good question. Many people have complained about Qantas's current business class in their A three eighty, right? And mm. then we know that they're slowly reconfiguring the to the new one where it's more privacy and that kind of stuff. Yes. But Qantas's skybed actually was really good for traveling with kids. I can imagine because it's flatbed. E- yep. Totally flatbed. Um, you know, on the A three eighty. Um, but is you know you have good access to your to your seat name <laughs> um, and when that's your child that's really really good um but still a certain level of privacy as well and and space and uh not a lot of uh airplane furniture let's say mm. right so the shell seat that they had uh, or they still have on the a380s um is very minimal in its design um obviously intentionally for its for its time um which means that you have actually have a lot of open space around you when that Mm. seat is not folded out flat so if your child wants to stand up next to you or stand in front of you and show you something or you know you need to help them with whatever entertain them for a little bit you're super easy um in many ways the harder you know kind of business class if any business class could be called hard for traveling (laughs) children which is really hard hard by relative comparison um would be something like uh uh, the super kind of private seats that you're that you're getting now, um, the ones that I've experienced, which is were on the tougher side, um, were Etihad. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that anything's, anything's wrong with Etihad seat or service oh, by yeah. any stretch of the imagination, but um, yeah, lots of I guess um, division between seats, mm-hmm. so you can't don't have that easy reach and easy access, and lots of privacy, which is again something you're looking for as an individual traveler, but as a family, you kind of I don't know. Maybe some families want to just get away from each other when the kids are a little <laughs> bit older, but in our case, like we're trying to you know keep them happy, which keeps everybody else happy, yeah. um, as well as ourselves. So um, being, having them within reach is kind yeah. of important. Yeah, yeah. So we're not to go on about that too much. No, of course. Yeah. So when they get a bit older, and um, you know, would you would you ever consider uh, doing what I see? I see a good few people do on these uh, these flights and send send the kids to the back of the plane in economy. Well, you oh, it has to be teenagers. Front. I mean, yeah, of course, if they're up for it. Like, if there's a difference between traveling and not traveling, yeah, yeah, um, you know, or you know, saving a bit of cash or points. Um, maybe there's you know, award availability. You know, for two people in business and two people in economy or whatever. Then yeah, absolutely, anything would go. There's no reason I wouldn't do that. But they have to be the right age. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that right age would be, but certainly not yet. Not, oh, no, not, no, not, 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 not seeing a nine and six. No, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, not yet. But you know, I, no, I think if the kids can handle themselves, I think they actually have. I think they really enjoy that bit of independence. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mum and dad aren't here telling me to stop watching TV and go to sleep. This is awesome. <laughs> I'd like another soft drink, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bring me more chocolate. Um, so no, totally. Um, and I haven't yet taken any of the kids in first, mainly due to for cost and availability reasons. But we do have like our pièce de résistance trip booked for sometime next year. I was about to say because yeah. I, I know you haven't taken your kids in first, but I do remember you talking about one hell of a booking. Yeah, yeah. So next, um, yeah, next year sometime we are doing a trip to the US. Uh, we have family who live over there, mm. um, as well as a few friends and a few things to do. So. Um, I was just kind of scoping out what we might be able to book and I have no real status of Qantas. I think I'm lifetime silver, um, which is pretty, I wouldn't say meaningless, but certainly to kind of like bumps you to the front of the queue here and there, um, mm. in terms of literally at the airport, but not certainly in terms of award seats usually. Um, so I was looking for, for, you know, kind of ways to burn through, um, some of my Qantas points as for part of this trip. 
And uh, I don't know at the time I was looking, I was, I'd usually start by looking for two uh, two seats, even though we we're trying to book four. Yep. Uh, we're happy to split ourselves into two if that's the only option. You know, two parties of two if that's the only option we've got. Yep. Uh, and that's a good way, of, I guess, of trying to make sure you've got a little bit of flexibility and travel on you know uh, consecutive days. So it's looking for two people. Um, and Qantas. Uh, you know, results started showing up to first class seats between Sydney and LA um, and in return uh, you know for, for a return trip uh, at the exact time that we want so it's like ah brilliant so I cranked it up to three people and yeah. there were three cranked it up to four and there were four, there were four. so there were four first class seats uh, return uh, for the periods that we want and from Sydney to LA from Sydney to LA so that, I reckon that there, I reckon in. there are people listening right now that are just like throwing their phones across. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there were and there were multiple dates. Yeah, there were multiple dates. And it was yeah, it was not not a um, not a quiet time of year to travel for when we booked. But it's yeah, it was it's been done. Was, so was that's that like in. a was was that almost the full three hundred and whatever odd days out from when it gets released? No, that was probably nine months in advance. Mm. Um, I think it was around... Actually, okay, so I think it was around the time that Qantas made the announcements uh, around rejigs of their program that came through. The more availability. A little bit more availability here yep. and there. I didn't think that was going to impact first particularly. Mm. Um, I was hoping more for business, uh, just purely from a, you know, benefits to everybody you know point of view. The more business and premium economy seats there are, the, like, you know, the better. Um but yeah, maybe it also um, showed up from a first perspective. And I have also had some luck being a, you know, I kind of bagged uh, Qantas Silver a little bit there. I have had some other wins with being a Silver member versus a Bronze mm. um, in terms of increased award availability. Many people think that that's not the case, but um, I think in some limited circumstances, there are definitely some wins to be had from having Silver. Yep. Um, where Qantas are releasing some seats to their own members that aren't available to say um, Bronze members or other One World frequent fly members, um, which is an interesting uh, trend and tactic from Qantas um, and trying to, you know, I guess, increase loyalty to their program. It's very mm. cool. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think a bit of confluence of various factors, being silver, um, maybe the rejig and award availability, me looking at the right time yep. um, and having the right amount of points in my account to be able to actually pay for that. Yeah. Because I was over a million Qantas points for the return trip for four people. I mean, yeah. I just wrote off my full Qantas points balance yeah, for one trip, but that, that, it was, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's some big board points right there. <laughs> that's done. Uh, that's done. That's my... I don't think I don't think we can get much better than that. So no. from a like using points for family perspective, let's see. And the kids are old enough now to I won't say enjoy first class, but certainly they won't annoy us while we're in first <laughs> class. So well, it should be in the the hopefully one of the revamped Qantas planes. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Fingers yeah who crossed. knows? Yeah. Mm. Um, well, it'll be interesting to know, like from a. Uh, uh, an access to kids perspective once you've done the trip like how first class compares <laughs> to business class I've, I've traveled in Qantas first class a couple of times and it's not not something I've done super often mm. um, I don't think there's going to be any problems it's on a really nice cabin and our kids are now at the point um, where they're not three months old anymore very um, true so they all they want to do when they go on a plane is sit there and stab their fingers on the TV and figure and choose things to watch uh, endlessly yeah. until uh, their parents say it's time to eat some food and we wave a carrot stick in front of their face or something and, <laughs> uh, hopefully they take it off or a bread roll um, so um, and then we tell them to go to bed and they wake up and if they sleep then that's good do they have that's um, a winning flight for me do the so in, in business and first do they have um, much food that's like well tailored to children um, it's it it's limited mm. and it depends on the airline a lot. Mm. So some are better than others um, in my experience. A lot, but every, all generally, in general, 
you know, all of the staff working on these flights are more than happy to help you figure out pro uh, solutions to your problems when it comes to kids. So if you need to mix and match a bit of a meal, a cobble, cobble together a meal for them, they'll look after you. They'll they'll figure out. They usually try and figure out a way. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the big benefits of traveling um, in premium and above is that you have just uh, access to a little bit more headspace and time from the staff on the flight to help you out. Yeah. They're not going to look after your kids, but they are going to help you um, just a little bit enough yeah. just, to again to enough. help you retain your sanity. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which which definitely helps. Yes, um, exactly. So I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, going, "Okay, cool." Um, you know, I'm on the points game. I'm I'm trying to accumulate as much as I can. I've got a few kids myself. Um, do you have any like explicit tips or tricks uh, for people to either a you know earn more points leveraging some family, or b um, you know when they're looking to fly with kids, what should they look out for? Sure. Um, earning, earning points as a family is not, it's not, you know, kind of rocket science. A lot of the information's, you know, up on point hacks already. So just the basic things like make sure you have supplementary card holders for members of your family that can use them. Mm. Um, uh, make sure your kids actually have a frequent flyer account for one thing. Making sure you, yeah, making sure your kids have a frequent flyer account <laughs> and that they, you know, if there's an opportunity for them to earn some points, um, you know, Velocity have had some interesting promos recently, like, you know, kind of gift, gifting points as different, you know like kind of activating different member accounts or installing their app or something like that. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, there are certain reasons like that where you can pick up a few hundred points here and there. There's obviously the option with Velocity's family pooling um, for points and status if your kids do travel, um, you know, say if they're in high school or something, they go on school trips or taking on family trips, making sure you get in there with family pooling, try and maximize the amount of points that come into your account, points mm -hmm. and status. Um, both Qantas and Virgin have got family transfer options. That's a no-brainer to use. Beg, borrow, steal points from grandparents parents aunties uncles uh you oh, know whoever you can absolutely. as part you know a member of your family yep. um get out there and you know like you know make deals <laughs> yeah. especially if it's a family that's a family that's inactive and they're god forbid at risk of expiring yes exactly yeah good point mm -hmm. um then yeah you know, I, I think uh, it's not just Qantas and Virgin as well if you find yourself booking um say with Etihad I think Etihad have a, a pretty robust family pooling setup as well mm -hmm. so you know if you're if you're um, expat family or something like that and you're traveling back to um different part of the world uh, you can maybe and you're using you know cash rather than points you can maybe focus your attention into those um, cash tickets which let you pull those points mm -hmm. and do more with them I had, a gr I had great wins with Etihad doing that um, in the past as well where my, f uh, my family members have paid to come visit us um, using Etihad and we've, uh, we've pulled all of those points together mm -hmm. um, so they've paid you know for economy or, or maybe a business flight or something like that and um, we ended up being able to use those points then um, through Etihad uh, to yeah travel ourselves then back to Europe things like that yeah. have been um, very useful so just kind of keeping on top of just being aware of all the different options that are out there as a family, I think is the first thing. Um, Cause if you're not aware of them, then you can't make, I guess, more informed decisions. Um, you know, when you come, when it comes time to purchase or to book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've also had some good, good success in um, points uh, for hotel bookings too. It's family, uh, family trips. It's a good way to save a fair bit of cash. Um, so if you are able to collect points in hotel programs, then I guess um, you know, redeeming them for family travel can be um, pretty useful. Mm -hmm. So that's some, somewhere else you can go research and uh, try and figure out what, what your different options are. I'm sure you'll have an episode on hotels uh, on the podcast at some point. Um, so. don't, don't worry about that. Um, and any, any trips for redeeming? 
uh, when it comes to redemptions, yeah. yeah. So I mentioned one already, which is to be very prepared to split your um, split your your party. Mm. Um, you know, find the more seats you want to find. You know, harder it is the harder it is. Yeah. It's a common refrain. Four people is very hard. Four people is hard. Um, for the most part, I've been able to do it um, by retaining flexibility around dates, um, but also retaining. There's one particular example in mind where we had to split, which was from Vancouver to New York uh, on a trip we did, which involved a bit of um, ski time in Whistler. We could not find any. Um, any seats on any flights between Vancouver and New York and you know, as I was saying before you, we definitely want to optimize for simplicity when traveling as a family so mm. we were really keen to fly direct that's a pretty short flight by comparison five to six hours uh, transcon in the US if you do that indirect you're talking nine hours um, you know, it's like we want to fly direct on that route. Um, I'd rather fly direct in economy than indirect in business yeah. in that case um, Regardless, we couldn't find seats, so we split. Uh, we we preferred to to split that one and travel on subsequent days. So myself and my eldest daughter stayed in Vancouver for an extra day, mm-hmm. while my wife and uh, uh, youngest uh, flew ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, and that was fine. You know, it's no problem with that. Like we just we just planned for it, and because we were using points, we were like, that doesn't matter. We you know we can trade off the saving that we that we made in terms of um, not having to pay cash for the flights mm-hmm. and put that into an extra hotel night uh, in Vancouver instead. So it was yeah, it was no problem. Yeah, beautiful. Um, what else? What other tips? I think uh, in terms of redemptions. Um, Trying to get on top of the tools that you use to find those seats is really important. Okay, mm. so there's a lot, again a lot of info about this on the Point Hex website. Um, you know, which trying to find the seats generally is really hard, but when you're trying to find four, um, becomes a whole other kind of needle in a haystack kind of situation. Um, and keeping on top of what's available is really important. So my and this isn't an ad; they're not a sponsor. My preferred tool of choice is um, Award Nexus. There mm-hmm. are many others. KBS tool is a common one that's used, but it's quite complex. What I like about Award Nexus is it's just a website. You just got a um, their website. You you punch in some uh, some journey options and some dates, uh, and you can search across multiple frequent flyer websites if you like at, in one time. Yep. And you can set up alerts. So um, at the minute, you know. I'm trying to find uh, you know seats for the, a different part of that same trip I was just talking about next year, um, and I've got alerts set up to make sure that if availability does come up, I get an email about it that day. Yeah, it's, um, it's not the it's not the prettiest site in the world. It's but, not the prettiest, but it functions. It's very functional. It's very uh, simple, let's mm. say, um, and does the job for me. I know how to use it, and it simplifies that ability to look for those seats um, and helps. And you do have to pay for these for these kind of things, but they're a massive time saver. Yeah, and if they, I just, I, and I guess I see this all as part of the mix of. Um, you know, this isn't about free travel for me. Um, this is about trying to, uh, you know, have a blended approach to how um, how we fund our travels. So a bit of buying points, a bit of paying for tools, mm. a bit of paying for, you know, taxes and fees all adds up to um, a much better value experience than, um, than having to just go buy a, a decent seat outright. Yeah, absolutely. It's not all about just like trying to get the the best no, seat for the for no. the for the least cost absolutely it's um and the know. best seat for, as I said before the best seat for us is often one which is a direct flight um and goes to and from the places you know that we actually want to travel to rather than a roundabout um kind of destination that we then have to spend an extra two hours in the car to get to where we want to go that kind yeah. of thing so uh, just as as we finish up the podcast um they, they might be a bit young for this but I'll ask anyway uh, is that are there any destinations that your kids really want to go to that you haven't been yet <laughs> That we haven't been yet. Okay, I feel, I was just laughing because I, I, Abby, our youngest, keeps on saying she wants to go back to Canberra. Canberra. Yeah. Why? That's so cute. 
she she's just uh, you know like all about Questacon and yeah. all the other you know attractions in Canberra. So there you go. But that's a going back to that haven't been to yet. No, they they um, you know obviously there's the the kind of few places that they may have heard about from their friends and things like that. But no, generally um, they're not kind of you know, like thinking in that way or like yeah, thinking ahead of where they want to yeah. go. But that said, we've had to have, had had some great trips that they'll have to do in return. Mm-hmm. Um, our most recent kind of great points win was the tail end of last year about a year ago uh where we managed to squeeze in a week in new caledonia which was an absolutely awesome destination mm. um so close to the east coast of australia somewhere i'd never really thought of traveling to until it kind of popped up um and i felt like i was in the south of france it was just um it was so funny so it's you know in a good way just yeah. you know like completely kind of different culture just like three hours away so it was very cool to go do that um and that was booked uh from a flight perspective that was booked using cash yep um and uh in economy because it's a very short flight uh but then i used uh marriott points to book marriott have got a great presence um around new caledonia i think they've got three or four different hotels there so we're able to essentially minimize the cost of that trip again just by um yeah, using uh amex points transfer to marriott and then, um, yeah, making that booking there. That was uh, definitely recommend checking it out. It's family travel. Brilliant. Well, Keith, thank you so much for uh, sharing the stories today and uh, divulging your tips and tricks when it You're comes welcome. to family. Um, I'm sure if, uh, if any of the audience have questions, um, please, you know, obviously check out, you know, the Point Hacks website, but uh, feel free to comment on our socials and uh, comment on the articles and we'll try and get you an answer. And Keith, I'm sure we'll get you back on the podcast again soon. Been a pleasure. Beautiful. Thanks, Keith. That's it for today's episode of Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. Remember to visit pointhacks.com.au for more frequent flyer deals, guides, and tips. I'm David Walsh, and don't forget to subscribe.